Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Christopher Drobot. Christopher is a passionate cheerleader for the potential of the Edmonton region. Although not directly an entrepreneur himself, his extensive experience in business operations and now mortgage lending help focus his excitement on the ideas that can see the city grow. He is involved in the push to bring a world-class aquarium to the city and is completing his MBA and, together with his wife, homeschools his two children. The parallels between entrepreneurialism and homeschooling have been many and he sees an overarching lesson in both. You have to create the world you wish to see. Now let's get right to Christopher's interview with Mason Darabi and Angelo Talamayan. Take it away, Christopher. All right, and welcome back to the Rainforest Alberta podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Drobot, and today we have special guest Mason Darabi with MNP as well as Angelo Talamayan. Said it correctly. Hey, perfect. Uh, so just give you a quick rundown. Mason is a national leader for agriculture data at MNP and a chartered professional accountant uh, with an educational background in engineering and management. He's a blockchain enthusiast and entrepreneurship fanatic seasoned with over 10 years of experience in information technology and business development in both information technology and agriculture industries. Mason's unique work experience and skill set have enabled him to bridge the gap between the technical and business financial matters, which are both key pillars of a success in any venture. He has a tremendous passion in supporting the technology ecosystem and collaborating as a team player at Alberta Blockchain Consortium, as well as the tech niche at MNP towards building a strong and vibrant blockchain community in Alberta as an enabler of the prosperity and diversity of the province's economy. That is an amazing bio. (laughs) It sounds pretty good, doesn't it? It sounds pretty cool. (laughs) Whoever writes your bio needs to talk to me. I'll, I'll turn it over though, Angelo I'll, as well. He's uh, uh, he leads the business development function for MNP within the Edmonton region and spends a lot of time determining how best to engage with the community. That's great. Well, I'm really excited to have both of you on here. Uh, this is kind of a unique one for <laughs> me to have two people on the podcast. So we will go through all uh, the questions we have. Feel free, either of you, to jump in whenever Absolutely. it seems right to uh, to answer off, and uh, we will get going. So how about you both just introduce yourselves a little bit and expand a bit on the introduction? Absolutely, Mason, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So thank you, Christopher, for the opportunity for this podcast. Uh, I have a Turkish background. I was born and raised in Iran. And uh, after finishing my engineering degree, I moved to Norway. And uh, probably it was one of the brightest period, periods of my life. It gave me an opportunity to uh, see the tech world uh, from inside out. And I got an opportunity to work for a couple of startup companies and go through the educational program related to entrepreneurship. In 2011, I moved to Canada and I had a very clear vision that I want to build my skill set in alignment with entrepreneurship uh, space and uh, and helping entrepreneurs to to grow. And uh, I've been lucky enough to start my own entrepreneurial journey within MNP. So we can we can chat about it further. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's a big a big uh, thing that we're going to get into a big subject there. Absolutely. So that's, that sounds great. I don't want to make it sound like uh, this is a infomercial for uh, the Turkish t- tourism, but uh, <laughs> uh, Mason here is from Turkey and Turkey is one of my favorite places in the world. So if for all the listeners, if you guys haven't been there, make sure to go. But similar to Mason, uh, Edmonton's not my original home. 
I actually grew up in the Philippines, moved here when I was 17, really for university and kind of built a life from there. I guess what led me to this is currently right now, I'm the business development lead for MNP. In that role, what I focus on is working with the community, developing different relationships, really figuring out how MNP plays in, the, in our community. Like what you said, Christopher, when we had the opportunity to be a sponsor reinforced, we just jump on that opportunity. But yeah, no, in terms of background too, I have an accounting background. Uh, over 10 years ago, I was also an entrepreneur. I started my own company. We can definitely get into that as well. <laughs> my unique background is I've, I've changed multiple careers. I've became an accountant. I've became uh, an entrepreneur, started my own company, and I'm back in an accounting firm, not an accountant, but doing business development. So I'm, all, I'm really all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that is a trademark of every guest I've had though, so far has been just their ability to shift from one thing to another and yep. do so uh, taking all the skills and the, the learnings that they make. You know, it, some of our listeners, uh, you might be thinking, oh, why do we have two individuals, two accountants from MMP on the show? And that's a, a really good question. And we're gonna talk uh, about a concept of entrepreneurship. And this is something Mason and I, we actually had a conversation about about two weeks ago uh, at an Alberta blockchain consortium meeting. I'd really like you to delve into that just to give our listeners a bit of an understanding of, of why entrepreneurship specifically is a, a topic that maybe should be better understood. Absolutely. So uh, so the whole entrepreneurial journey is, is a huge challenge to take an idea to different stages and then to bring it to fruition as a business. So, so there is a Silicon Valley theme like entrepreneurship, which is to commercialize startups that are coming out of universities, research labs, and basically out of the dorm rooms of university colleges. So that's one theme. And there is a, there is a huge value in, in corporate startup idea, basically having companies to propel the, the whole innovation space and, and to be able to, to contribute to the, to the creation of new businesses within their own, uh, value chain basically so that brings us to the to the concept of entrepreneurship so the the startups are nimble and agile in building businesses and corporates are very good at scaling so if you can marry the the best of both worlds together then probably you will have the resources to go through this this entire journey of again like bringing ideas to the, to the commercial scale right and i mean christopher it's always like what, what Mason was saying, it's always been a challenge, right? And I've, I've, I've been in both sides. As an entre entrepreneur, you're, I was super energetic. I had lots of ideas. I'm just ready to take on the world. Challenge was I didn't have the connections. I didn't have the capital. I didn't have the cash flow. Uh, and then when you're the other side, uh, when you're in a company where uh, the resources are there, a lot of the, uh, cash flow. But the challenge with that is sometimes you're so caught up in the system where the opportunities for creativity sometimes lacking not every organization but what i like about this is it kind of marries both yeah. it marries the driven the energy of someone who's an entrepreneur and the backing of of a of corporate, a corporate en yeah. entity we, we we try to have really the best of of both worlds again like coming from middle east and growing up in a in a petrol country i understand that how we can get used to like uh, the natural resources and sometimes feel that we are entitled to to that resource economy and which is great like I love oil and gas I love the resources that we have but I think 
you can use that investment that's coming out of the, the oil and gas or, or our natural resources basically economy to be able to, to put into innovation space and, and take it to the next level. So again, like there is a, the whole like Silicon Valley idea is great, but I think that there's, there are lots of power within our corporates, like big companies in Alberta, and there is no shortage of that, that we can, we can use that power to unleash, uh, the, the innovation and creativity that uh, Angelo was alluding to. Yeah, and this this is really a push for the ecosystem, yeah. right? The the initiative and and the proposal really is for everyone to work together, right? Corporate yeah. uh, startups is is really the the collaboration piece is what's we're pushing here. Absolutely, and I think that actually speaks specifically to the the, the rainforest social code. It it speaks about openness, transparency, and and integration of, of all of the different spheres together. Collisions from various places, like when you start talking about the tower that we're in right now as a, as traditional corporate world, and you have a place like Startup Edmonton, literally like four blocks down the road, that all of the ideas such as the traditional Silicon Valley model are happening in a place like that. Uh, it's not like the worlds are too far apart. Like you, you can, you can walk down the street and go say hi to some of the folks that are working out of there. So to actually do so formally in this, in the vision that you're describing is great. Now, when you start talking about entrepreneurship, do you envision businesses like that spinning off into separate entities or would they be, you know, staying within the whole until they grow up and, and become a, Mason, maybe you could talk about what we do right now with m and with your role. Like absolutely. You, Mason is starting up an own startup within m and Yeah, absolutely. Well. So, so yeah, <laughs> definitely there is an opportunity for, for, so you can, so instead of going to like Startup Edmonton or going to any like other like incubator or accelerator, the, the whole corporate can be that incubation like stage for, for startups. And there's always an opportunity to, to be able to spin off and, Especially if, if there is not much alignment with the with the business model of that tech venture that you are building within the corporate and and the and the general landscape of the corporates like operation, I think that we can turn the R and D like units of companies into like innovation like system. If and and then you can definitely host the, the that venture like within the corporate like for for its entire life. So there is always opportunity for both. So yeah, as Angelo was saying, so I'm not just vouching for like entrepreneurial like life lifestyle i'm i'm already in in the trenches of that space building my the mnp agriculture data and uh so if you look at the whole like agriculture space we are dealing with uh with lots of farmers like i can give you an example like at mnp we have close to eighteen thousand farm clients if you go to any like average farm in in alberta saskatchewan or manitoba probably you will see the same pattern that the, the machines are getting smarter and smarter and the, the farmers are getting thrown at by many technologies, but the farm operation is still happening fairly similar to maybe 20 years ago. So still lots of pen and paper, like decision-making processes, gut feeling is driving most of the operational or like financial business decisions. And it's becoming hard for advisors like MNP to advise farmers if they don't have access to uh, high quality data. So we are saying, okay, like how we can push this change management process. It's, it's not about technology. It's about empowering ordinary farmers to do extraordinary work. So, uh, and there are lots of value in this, this work, because again, like if you look at the whole like agri-food agri value chain, 
We have 7 billion people living on planet Earth now. It's expected that by year 2050, we are going to have 2.6 billion more siblings uh, living with us. So we need to, and, and if we, if we, if we continue the the, consum- the food consumption rate at the at the level that's now, at least we need to double our food production in the next uh, 25 years. There is no way that we can achieve this without using technology. But who is going to be the ultimate beneficiary of these technologies? Farmers. Just having tech companies developing technology is not enough. We need someone like MMP or MMP Ag Data or, or, or other advisors who have some stake in this space to help the farmer to go through that digital transformation process. And this is why I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about developing this MMP Ag Data like uh, startup within, within the walls of MMP. Yeah. And I'm, I'm taking advantage of all the resources that are, that are available to me uh, within the firm, which is, which is uh, enormous. And, and what is the uptake? Uh, I'm not also became an interview here. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what is the uptake with uh, when, when you think about farming, you think about agriculture, it's one of the oldest industries yep. known to mankind. Right? Absolutely. So there's, so, there's been process and procedures that have been honed for generations after generations, right? right? And then you're coming in as, hey, I'm a data guy. Yes. What What is the, what is that experience? So at MMP, like it's it's very interesting because uh, so MMP has been around for a couple of decades and for for almost the entire time from the inception of MMP, we have had like farm clients. So we have been serving the farm community as the as their external CFO. Now we are seeing that that the the tides of disruption and the tides of changes coming to the farm. How we can help like our farmers. To, to be able to, to go through this from traditional operation of the farm to the farm as an enterprise concept. And you need to use data to be able to, to drive the efficiency. You need to, if, if you want to have like higher yields, you need to have metrics, you need to have data, you need to be able to have data-driven decision-making process. So we are not by all means, like at MMP, we are not in the business of developing technology and it gives us some freedom to be able to uh, Kind of uphold that the independence that we have from tech companies, but then we can we can use the technology and and then can marry that to the to the farm operation as as a virtual CIO. So that's the whole notion behind the the MMP Ag Data that we want to assume a different role as as a virtual CIO as we had the the opportunity to to serve the farm community as as a virtual CFO. So it's more about empowering the farmers exactly. to make the right decisions they need to to grow their yields to grow their the business to 100 percent. yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's yeah. fantastic so how, how, how did you get inspired to enter this space uh, one of the things that i always share with my family I, i'm saying that most of the stuff that are happening around me like is totally out of my control like uh, even though i'm i'm driving my own destiny but things happen right like so i was i was lucky to to have a conversation with one of our ag partners who is uh, now leading the charge of the uh, the entire ag niche at MMP, uh, Stuart Person. So I had a conversation with him and I was explaining about my background and how I'm interested in the in the data space and how, and how I'm seeing data as an enabler for lots of traditional industries to go through the digital transformation process. And it just happened that way. And, and also I had some agriculture background, like my dad and, and my, 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 my family were involved in this space. So it was kind of near and dear to my heart. So it was a coincidence. I would say that I had this conversation and then 
it led my way to to developing and more investing in the idea and taking to the to the next level, which is now formally our our startup company within within MNP. Just speaking on kind of being an MNP guy, you know what's great about that with, with your experience, Mason, is my experience with MNP is we've been fairly nimble. Yeah. On on adopting either technology or adopting any sort of change, and uh, just because. The history of our firm, we've, we were from Brandon, Manitoba. It's, uh, it started as an agricultural company. Because most of our clients are entrepreneurs, we have to reflect that culture, right? Absolutely. The culture of being nimble, being quick, uh, agile. Uh, when there was an opportunity for Mason to kind of lead this charge for us, I think as a firm, we just say, hey, you know, that sounds cool. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Something I, I always like uh, to ask during the interviews is just about how you feel it's impacting the community. Now, I think it's a pretty obvious thing how, right. you know, this is going to impact the world as a whole. Let's, yeah. let's drill it down though a bit more is how, how does starting this up out of Edmonton, how, do, how does that impact others within Rainforest, Alberta and Edmonton more, more specifically? Again, like the whole entrepreneurial like space is it's not confined to just one city or one province or one country but but again like we always want even even though like we are aiming high that and we want to take over the world but we have we have started in, in our own community so there are lots of tech companies out there in Edmonton in Calgary and I have been having conversation with them uh, for the past year and a half and uh, we are going to be that bridge between them and, and our farmers and the, the clients that we have so we have that trust in place. So the farmers are trusting us by their heart and we are, we are advising them on the financial side. So there's, a, there's an element of trust in, in, in place and there's a technology out there which we don't have any, at least in the, in, the, in the near future, we don't have any plan to develop any technology in-house in this area. So we are seeing ourselves as, as a complementary partner to the tech companies who are developing technology and probably they're lacking the resources that they need to to take that technology to the commercialization level so we can we can partner with them and help them to uh, to to grow and and specifically like for companies that are active in the IoT space in in the blockchain machine learning there are tons of data in the farm that needs to be transferred that there are tons of data that needs to be analyzed and and we can we can partner with them and and help them to uh, to add value to our clients. Yeah, the automation space within farming. Absolutely. Huge opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's 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 a great summary though of just how just starting something in your backyard, looking at the people and the companies around you as opposed to, you know, putting out this tender, oh, well, we're going to pull people in from Vancouver or San Francisco, like you're saying, okay, Calgary, Edmonton, let's let's look. What what talent do we have here? Who is there already that can do the things that we need to do, and let's get them connected. Absolutely. So, so one of one of the projects that that I have been inspired with is uh, there is a small city called Olds. There is a college there, and they have started a very interesting project that's called AgSmart. And every company, probably in the in the agriculture technology or ag tech space, is kind of involved in this whole project. So they are trying to basically build a a role model of an, a, an advanced farm that can also help technologies to, to use that, that project as their lab to, to try out some of the stuff that they have developed and they can also connect to farmers and to the farm community in general to be able to have that conversation and develop the technology based on the needs of the, the farmers rather than just 
sitting in the labs and having some sort of like imagination about the future and then building things that are, that might not be totally relevant uh, from the from the financial perspective or from the operational perspective to to farm operations. So they're building them in the field. In the field. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's great. Um, you know, you touched on blockchain a little earlier. We know that you're involved in the Alberta Blockchain Consortium as well. Yeah. How does that all fit in? Like what what's the connection to that? Like how how did you get involved in that? So I started exploring the tech community in Edmonton and I I attended the Alberta Blockchain Symposium last year and I had a very good conversation with the founder of ABC. I'm I'm a big fan of conversations and it, they always lead to to some new like opportunities and it, it happened that way. I was uh, explaining my background and then the, my interest in the whole agriculture data space and and, and data in general. Blockchain is an, another enabler in, in the data space and uh, I always use this analogy. So basically with IoT, you're you're kind of sensing the data. But your brain, you are analyzing, which is AI and machine learning. You need your nervous system to to be able to to transport that information from from your limbs to to your brain, and that's blockchain. So the whole blockchain is is is, is a phenomenal technology. It's unfortunately there are lots of misconceptions around it, like with cryptocurrency, which is which is a great uh, again like there are lots of misconceptions about the technology, which is totally wrong. And and one of the one of the angles that we we, we try to tackle within ABC is to bring education to the public, to the companies, so they can understand what the technology is and how it's applicable to their business model. So I'm, I'm a director of agriculture. So again, like we are trying to facilitate the adoption of like blockchain for, for agriculture applications, but it's that this is how I've got involved in the, in the blockchain space in, in Alberta. And blockchain is, is super, super interesting. I. I'm not the uh, the best expert at this, but you know how, how how I view it is how the internet changed how we communicate 20, 30 years ago. Blockchain would most likely change how we do business, just with the application of it from supply chain to transportation to. I mean, everyone knows about cryptocurrency, but that's just one piece exactly of the puzzle. To your earlier question here, Christopher, um, how this fits in the community. We're at a stage now in Edmonton and probably in North America as well, where everyone's looking into it, seeing how this applies to to their own company, to their own interest. ABC is great at bringing in people together from your from your startup to big company, big corporation. They're all in one place. Yeah. They're all in one place. How we see it is another opportunity for us to to connect with people, to add value, uh, and kind of like what Mason said, have more conversation because he's a big fan of that. <laughs> yes, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 all about collaboration. Yeah. And again, like uh, demystifying that the misconceptions around technology. Like every technology has gone through this. Like 20, 30 years ago, like if you were saying that I'm using internet, people had a different concept about like how how you've got involved. Maybe you want to chat with someone, and that that those were like the, the only like applications. But we see that there is no way that we can live without internet now, right? So, but having a champion within the community to connect the, the business applications to the to the technology itself is is a huge deal. And ABC is serving that platform for for Alberta. Awesome. I won't be surprised if you know 20, 30 years ago they had a similar organization like ABC talking about how internet. How we can use in the internet <laughs> in, a, in a proper way? <laughs> yeah, in a more proper way. And you have people like, "What is this internet thing?" Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And now, look, like, yeah, like we, 
I, I'm just looking at our table. Like everything is connected to the internet. And there's like literally one piece of paper on the table. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, uh, the enterprise application of blockchain and uh, Angelo mentioned that. So the, the, the whole technology is about supply chain management. So the first application was supply chain management of money, which is great. So the, the whole Bitcoin cryptocurrency space is great. It's going to disrupt some of the way that we are transacting with our banks and, and the, the, the way that we are sending money all over the world. But the blockchain technology is way beyond cryptocurrency and it applies. So like I can give you an example, like Walmart is now using blockchain to, to trace the food from its origin in the farm to our plate. So if you are interested to know where you, the ingredients of your food has come from, you need to be able to use some sort of like infrastructure, which blockchain can do it for us. Oh, and the, and the food safety implications in there and, and even all other types of uses, supply chain as well, same exactly. thing, right? Product recalls at an automaker. Now all of a sudden you can trace it back to one specific batch. And exactly. Yeah, fantastic. Um, let's, uh, let's circle back talking about entrepreneurship. Yes. So to those who are considering entrepreneurship, thinking that they need to go out on their own, and now maybe haven't considered entrepreneurship before, what sort of advice would you have to those individuals? Very good question. Before deciding to go your own, on your own and putting your resignation letter forward, like <laughs> uh, talk to your boss. And it's, it's all about connecting the dots. Maybe even if your immediate boss is not in the capacity to make that decision, just go down the, the chain of command and talk to people. And if, if you've got ideas that's going to disrupt the business model of the company that you're working for, go and talk to, to the right people and try to get their buy-in and their support. And maybe that get that can lead you to, to build your own startup within, without, without going on your own, which is always very risky, right? Like it's, it takes lots of courage to, to build something from scratch and if, if, you, if you can get the support from your company, that's going to take out some of the risk that you may be facing like down the road, like whether it's the expertise within the company, like the clients that can be one of your first like referrals or maybe one of your first clients for your new service, or even the mentorship and all the resources that, like I, I mentioned that there are lots of power within the companies that can be unleashed. And so we need to have like innovators and we need the company. So if you are an innovator, go and talk to the right people within the company and, and hopefully they are willing to sponsor your idea and take it to the next level. I'm going to expand on that. What would you say to this, the executives, the CEOs, the director level individuals who might have somebody come up to them and ask them the questions that you just suggested? What would be the advice to them to be able to support that innovation? Like uh, if you look at like many companies around the world that maybe they were on S&P 500 lists five, 10 years ago, but they are not there anymore. And if you look at them, like you will realize that they were so confident in the way that they were operating or, or they were so confident in their current business model. So they lost the opportunity to take their business to the next level or to, to make a shift in, in, in the global economy. So I would, I would say to the CEOs or to the, to the powers to be in, in the companies that you need to, to disrupt your business model. Otherwise, you are going to be disrupted. So, and some of this disruption can happen with, from within. So you, you don't need to always look at outside. And, and again, like there are lots of resources or people or like brain power within, within your own powerhouse that, that, that you can utilize to, to make that shift to a, to a better or more improved like business model. Yeah, I, I think that's a, 
I think that's a good point. And, and you know, we've had conversations with different leaders and organizations. And honestly, we're doing we're, we're exploring this within our firm as well. I think the biggest thing is at that level, it's just being comfortable of the uncertainty of a different mo- uh, business model and being just open minded on these new ideas. There's definitely a, a great value on that just because, yes, th- that that idea that might add uh, another market for, for a company or a different revenue stream uh, might be lying in, in your own people as well. And, and most of the time it is. Most of the time it is because your people are are the one that knows most about your product, your services. Uh, they, they're the ones who are, who are exploring the market for you. They are a stakeholder. They're part of this. Uh, so, yeah, you might have that one person that has the, a brilliant idea and and encourage that. I, I think it, it, it can be challenging for some organizations if they don't have uh, the right people on top or if they don't have the right culture because this is a cultural thing if you yeah. do have in your firm or company a culture of of being open to ideas that those will flow and maybe that that's the the ingredient is to f- focus on the culture itself yep. so that long term a lot of these ideas can come up uh, from within yeah absolutely i love that yeah, yeah. absolutely that's great Final words, inspiration, ideas that you would want to share with somebody? I think we, we had a conversation about a book that I read a couple of years ago, and I still I, I think it's relevant to, to our current time. So it was called Our Iceberg is Melting. I went out and read that, by the way. Yes. yes. It, 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 did you like it? I did like it. Okay. So I think our iceberg is melting. I think that uh, if you look at the political landscape outside, things are sometimes seems like apocalyptic and and we feel that maybe we are we are not having control over our destiny but in fact we do have and even if if the economy in one sector is not doing great this doesn't mean that we cannot explore any like new ideas like the inspiration for me is that let's go down the journey together collaborate and uh and hopefully we can save our iceberg from from melting. I'm I'm actually going to expand on that just a quick bit because sure. because I did read it and what really struck me is how important an organization like Rainforest how important they are because at the end sorry spoiler for those who haven't read it at the end it was a collision between a completely outside third party and one scout group that were going for a walk Exactly. That ended up with a solution to their their problem. Yes. It was something that none of them had seen before, none of them knew about, but they combined the ideas from somebody else's venture into their own and they became successful because of it. And I think that that's something that any organization can learn from, any individual. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So like we are either going to be disruptor or we are going to be disruptee and we always want to be the on the disruptor side if if you are understanding something is wrong something is not working or there is a way that that you can improve something within your company within your community within your city within the province within your country just speak up and and take the people on the journey to understand the problem so they can they can help you to to build the solution that's great angelo well kind of the same theme here um I am a big fan of when when you are exploring an idea, when you are starting something, um, really talk to as much people as you can. Yeah. Really talk to as much people as you can. Chris, Christopher, you've mentioned the 
collision and uh, some, sometimes when when we're we have an idea we tend to to have a clear vision on what we want to do uh, clear vision on who we want to talk to uh, but sometimes it's not the case I mean from from I think all three of us I've changed my ideas multiple times uh, I based on with my conversations with different people it actually led to something different as well right um, so the benefit of rainforest is it gives you an opportunity to to talk to people, to connect with people at different levels, right? You, you'll have you'll have bankers, accountants, you'll have startup people, venture capitalists, you'll have everyone there. Uh, and I, I think that's great. I think there is value for uh, for people, for more people getting involved in your idea from different perspectives, because really that's when you can come come in and and say, hey, you can pick and choose which one, uh, and and some of these people can actually connect you to a different opportunity as well. So yeah. talk to, to as much people as you can. <laughs> have, have more conversations. Have more conversations. Have more conversations. That is the summary for the episode. Have more conversations. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you so much for Mason, for your time, and Angelo, for yours as well. Thank you for both for, for joining me on the show here today. This has been great. Yeah, awesome. For us. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is sponsored by Capturing Legacies, because everyone has a story, and Capturing Legacies is here to help you tell it. Visit CapturingLegacies.com for more information. The audio for this episode was professionally edited by Kate Day with KD Sound Design. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.